Avenger for the day. Enough! You are all of you beneath me. I am a god, you dull creature. And I will not be bullied by that. Gotta love that, right? Uh, right. All right. Well, okay. So you met our Avenger for the day as we wrap up the series, right? And our Avenger is the big green guy, right? The Hulk, right? The Hulk, the big green guy. Well, when you think of the Hulk, besides being big and green and, you know, wanting to eat your peas, no, that's a different big green guy, isn't it? Yeah. All right. So you think of the big green guy. I mean, what kind of things do you think about with the Hulk, right? Well, besides large, he is strong, right? Uh, what else comes to mind? Here's what I came up with. Uh, when I think about the Hulk, what I think about is the guy is like incredibly indestructible, right? I mean, the Hulk is just, I mean, you can do anything you want to this guy, and he just seems to always endure, right? He's just this incredibly strong, indestructible guy, and he's also driven by passionate rage, right? I mean, I'm not sure I can do the Hulk, you know, kind of thing, right? I mean, I got the hands for it right now, you know. But, but I mean, how many times in the movies you watch the Hulk and the guy's like, you know, just this passionate rage that just uh, drives this guy, right? Well, we are uh, finishing up the series of Avengers of the first century, and the Hulk is our guy for the day. And if you uh, you think about the book of Acts and you, you start thinking about those characteristics of the Hulk, of being just like, you know, indestructible and incredibly passionate. I mean, it was easy for me, at least, to, uh, to make the connection that we're going to make this morning with that first century hero uh, that has given us so much. I mean, you know, most, uh, you know, a good part of the New Testament uh, is, is from him. And of course, it's the Apostle Paul. And if you look at the Apostle Paul's ministry, you look at his life, uh, you can see how incredibly indestructible uh, this guy was. All we have to do is kind of look and catch Paul's own summary of, of uh, what he's faced in his ministry, okay? And here it is. This is a summary that Paul gives as he's kind of validating his ministry compared to others who are making claims. He says, are they servants of Christ? <clears throat> I'm a fool to talk this way, but I serve him better than they do. Now he gets ready and he goes through a list, okay? I have worked harder and have been put in jail more times. I have been beaten with whips more and have been in danger of death more often. Five times the Jews gave me 39 lashes with a whip. Three times the Romans beat me with a big stick and once my enemies stoned me. I have been shipwrecked three times and I even had to spend a night and a day in the sea. Is this guy indestructible or what? Holy cow, it's like watching one of the Bruce Willis diehard movies, right? I mean, walk through glass and, you know, the guy just keeps coming back, right? I mean, this is kind of like the Hulk. I mean, this is like, this is Paul. I mean, who among us, I mean, give me two shipwrecks and I'm out of here, right? Give me one beating and I'm not sure I'm going back. 
And yet this apostle, this guy, is just at it over and over. No matter what they do to him, no matter how they come at him, no matter how big the mountain is, no matter how hard it is, no matter what he has to go through, he just keeps going. He is indestructible. And he's not done with his list, by the way, out of Second Corinthians. He says, During my many travels, I've been in danger from river, rivers, robbers, my own people, and foreigners. My life's been in danger in cities, in deserts, at sea, and with people who only pretend to be the Lord's followers. I've worked and struggled and spent many sleepless nights. I've gone hungry and thirsty and often have had nothing to eat. I've been cold from not having enough clothes to keep me warm. Besides everything else, each day I am burdened down worrying about all the churches. And when he gets to, an, to the end, we see his heart. How is he able to be so indestructible? I mean, you and I will go through some seasons of challenge, right? I mean, there's going to be things that are happening in our life. And, and if, if we serve Christ, if, if this is the list... If we serve Christ, it shouldn't surprise us that, that we're going to have challenges. I mean, it shouldn't surprise us that, that we too, if we're really serving Christ, are going to ruffle some feathers along the way. It shouldn't surprise us that we're going to have to go through these seasons and some of these difficulties to be faithful. And yet here we have the Apostle Paul giving us an example of what it means to be so incredibly indestructible. Like the Hulk, no matter what you do, he perseveres. Great question for us, isn't it? I mean, the question that's on all our minds right now is, is how did he get that way? How, how did Paul, how, how, did he, how did he get to this place in his life, in this place in his faith, where he could go through all of this and persevere at such a level? This morning, I'd like to walk through some things that Paul says and experiences with him, and try to discern some things that seem to be those elements in Paul's life that, that kind of gave him that foundation of indestructibility, right? So like for the big green guy, we know it was some experiment that went awry, right? Some gamma rays that didn't work, right? But for Paul, what is it that transformed him and made him such an indestructible guy for the cause of Christ? Let's look at a few First, it occurred to me that as I, as I looked at Paul, uh, Paul seemed to always understand from the get-go his purpose. He seemed to understand his purpose. And I, and I know over these, this weekend and next weekend, I guess, we get young people that are graduating and stuff. So, so young people, this is like a great place for you to, to tune in right now because you're going to go off into life and you're going to have some challenges and decisions to be, make, to be made. Great place to start is where Paul started, is, is to know... So what does God want me to do? I mean, not just, you know, what do I want to do, but what is it that God has chosen me to do? That's where Paul goes. He says, from Paul, an apostle of Christ uh, Jesus, God himself, God himself chose me to be an apostle. Does he know who he is? He knows who he is. I mean, he knows what he's about. Right away, he says, listen, this is what God chose me for. I know what my life is supposed to be about. This is what God chose me for. He chose me to be an apostle, and he gave me the promised life that Jesus Christ makes possible. 
Paul understands what he is absolutely about. And he can write what he understands in one sentence. In one sentence. That's a great challenge. Can you write down in one sentence, follower of Christ, can you write down in one sentence what you've been chosen for in Christ? Can, can you write, can you articulate in one sentence and say, listen, this, this is, I, I know this is why God put his hand on me in Christ, and this is what I am about absolutely every single day. Can, can you write that down in one sentence? Now, if you've been through Kazone, you can, Right? Sure, absolutely. You've been through Kazone, you can. You see, I know that, that, you know, I've been chosen. And what am I chosen for? Well, I am chosen to inspire and teach uh, followers of Christ to reach other people for Christ in innovative and relevant ways. I know that's what I'm about. I'm about getting Christ followers to just be inspired and, and know how to do it and be taught and have those skills to be able to reach other people for Christ and to do it in innovative and real ways. That's my gig. That's what I'm about, right? But do you know what you're about? Paul could write it in one sentence. He knew every day when he got up and when he went out to face the world, whatever that world was for that day, whatever the challenge was or wasn't, whatever he had to go through, he knew every time he was shipwrecked, every time that he was being beaten, every time that he faced all of that list and he was hungry, he knew... This is what I'm about. This is part of the cause. This is what I'm chosen for. You see, it starts indestructibility with understanding what you're about. Paul says, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, indestructible. Don't let anything move you, indestructible. Always give yourself completely to the work of the Lord because you belong to the Lord. You know that your work is not worthless. Notice that last part. See, he knows he's chosen, and he knows what he's supposed to be about, and he knows what he's doing has eternal consequences. That he is making a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. Young people, did you listen clear? As you go off into that big world, as you're making this decision now about what am I going to do with the rest of my life, boy, you've got to ask that question. What is it that God wants me to do that's going to make a significant impact for the cause of Christ? Paul knew it. He could write it in one sentence. He knew exactly what he was about. Second thing, Paul seemed to always display this incredible understanding of gratitude for what Christ had done in his life. Just uh, look at this passage. It says, I am thankful to Christ Jesus our Lord. He has given me strength. I thank him that he considered me faithful. And I thank him for appointing me to serve him. Do, Do you get a little sense of being thankful there? I mean, right, three times, I helped you out. Three times, he's like, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, I'm thankful, right? He's got this incredible sense of gratitude. For what? Well, he says, I used to speak evil things against Jesus. I tried to hurt his followers. I really pushed them around. But God showed me mercy anyway. I did those things without knowing any better. I wasn't a believer. What's he reflecting on? Paul is remembering who he was before Christ met him on the road to Damascus. He's remembering what kind of life he used to live, right? He's he's thinking about who he was and what that life was and the pain that he caused, the pain that he inflicted in other people's life. And when he remembers who he was and he looks at who he is now in Christ, he's overwhelmed with gratitude. 
I am so thankful my life is not that anymore. My life is this. And, and regardless of what the challenge is, regardless, regardless of what the difficulty is, this is so much better than that. And so Paul never, never loses this understanding. He never forgets how awful his life used to be without Christ. And so he continues to have this sense of gratitude. He says, our Lord poured out more and more. Notice that, more and more. He poured out more and more of his grace on me. Along with it came faith and love from Christ Jesus. Paul can be indestructible because not only does he know what he's about, but he also knows the new life he has in Christ is a sheer gift. It's a gift. It's just this incredible gift and the incredible mercy that God has shown him. See, indestructibility. Indestructibility comes when you realize how incredible God's mercy has been in your life. And you remember what you used to be. And you just received the incredible gift of everything God's doing in your life now. You become indestructible because you just can't imagine going back to what you used to be. I mean, Paul would, would never give up his new life in Christ to go back and become a persecutor of the church again. He's just come to a new place of living, this purpose that God has on him, and, and the gratitude that he keeps showing in that life. And he doesn't forget it. See, he says, and Timothy, here is a saying that you can trust. It, it should be accepted completely. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst sinner of all. But for that very reason, God showed me mercy, and I am the worst sin of sinners. He showed me mercy so that Christ Jesus could show that he is, the very, is very patient. I was an example for those who would come to believe in him. Then they would receive eternal life. See, Paul never forgot who he was and how incredibly kind, merciful, and graceful God is. Indestructibility. Got to know what you're about. Got to know your purpose. Second, indestructibility. You got to be able to always acknowledge the incredible mercy and grace of God. Don't go back to who you were. The incredible goodness of the life you have. Second, or third, passion. Now, we know from the Hulk, right? I tried to do that thing. You know, the Hulk is this incredibly, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> passionate guy. <coughs> but his, his passion is about his rage, right? I mean, there's a place in the movie where he says his secret is his anger, right? That, that this is passionate rage. Paul equally has this incredible passion. It's, it's not a passion of anger, obviously, but he has this incredible passion. He says, <clears throat> dear friends, God is good. So I beg you to offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. That is such a great sentence there, isn't it? So, like, this is the most sensible way to serve God. What's the most sensible way to serve God? Give yourself completely. Not, not half-heartedly. Not, not, not just a little bit. But, but give yourself absolutely, completely. His, his image is, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. I mean, when someone is sacrificed, is there only a part of them or all of them? No, it's all of them. Paul's saying, look, this is the key. Indestructibility is when you've got this passion that is all-consuming for the cause of Christ. 
And that's Paul. Paul could not understand his life apart from serving. He couldn't stand any minute in his life apart from serving. Let me give you an example of what this looks like. Uh, people in the room like Kraft cheese, Kraft mac and cheese. How many Kraft mac and cheese lovers we got? Oh, the back is full of them. All the mac and cheese lovers are in the back. Okay. <clears throat> J.L. Kraft is the guy that uh, started the, uh, the Kraft company and built it up and made it successful. What a lot of people don't know about J.L. Kraft is that as he built up the company, the Kraft company, for him, Kraft company was not about cheese. It was about extending the kingdom of heaven. He gave away 25% of the company's profits every year for the cause of Christ. And he would openly say that he was not in the business of cheese. But that the only reason he was doing the craft company, the only reason he built up the craft company, is because he understood that's the way he could make the biggest impact by providing for the cause of Christ. You see, he understand his everyday work life, what he did in work. He understood that according to the purpose and the passion he had for the cause of Christ. He gave himself what? Completely. Right? So when he went to work, when he went to work, he understood he was going to work not to build up the craft company. He was going to work to build up that company so it could be the most impactful opportunity for the cause of Christ. Now that is a whole different way of thinking, isn't it? I mean, we think about going to work or, you know, doing what we do, and we just kind of think of it in this, this one category of, well, geez, you know, this is just how I make a living. Not Paul. Not, not jail craft. I mean, th there was no different. There's nothing that you do for Paul that's outside the opportunity of extending the kingdom. So like being a mom and dad, cool thing. Being a mom and dad is an absolute great thing. But for Paul, he would say, listen, the biggest and most important thing there is about being a mom and dad is extending the kingdom of heaven into the lives of your kids. That's what being a mom and a dad is about. Extending the kingdom of heaven into the lives of your kids. Being married. Awesome thing. Great thing. Wonderful thing. Cool thing. God ordained. But you better make sure it's about extending the kingdom of heaven into the life of your spouse. Going to work. We all do it. Good thing. Wonderful thing. Providing for our family. Absolutely. But is your work the opportunity to extend the kingdom of heaven? Is it the opportunity to not just provide for your family, but provide for the kingdom? Is it the opportunity to impact your coworkers? Or is it the opportunity, if you're a business owner, to provide for other people and to tell them, listen, this is the way I serve Christ, by providing for you. See, Paul understood everything that he was completely and passionately was about Christ. He even tells Timothy, a young pastor, he's raising up the same principle. He says, don't be ashamed to speak for our Lord, every situation. And don't be ashamed to me just because I'm in jail for serving him. Use the power that comes from God and join me in suffering for telling the good news. What an incredible invitation. Timothy, young pastor, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to be ashamed about me because I'm serving. My jail time is for the cause of Christ. So tell people about it. Go tell people. I'm in jail because I'm serving Christ. And oh, by the way, Timothy, young pastor, see if you can get arrested. 
Right? I mean, if it's serving Christ, it's okay. I mean, if it's serving Christ, whatever it takes. Paul understood indestructibility comes with that kind of passion. The passion that says everything I am, everything I do, everything I'm about, it's all about extending the kingdom of heaven. He says in 1 Corinthians, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm in destructibility. Don't let anything move you. Always give yourself how much? Not a little bit. Not only on Mondays, not only on Wednesdays, not only on Sundays, but completely. Give yourself completely to the work of the Lord. See, that's indestructibility. Because he was not willing to let anything interrupt his time in serving for the cause of Christ. He was indestructible and incredibly passionate. Now, here's the outcome. This is what a lot of people don't know this in Acts 19. This, to see the impact that the Apostle Paul had. Now, we know he had an incredible impact because we still read his letters and he speaks to us yet today, right? And we preach and teach with his word inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? Some incredible impact in our lives. But look at Acts 19. What happens when you get that sold out for Christ? This is what happens for Paul, the impact he had. God gave Paul the power to work great miracles. People even took handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched Paul's body, and they carried them to everyone who was sick. And all of the sick people were healed, and the evil spirits went out. Whoa! Did you get that? Holy God! His handkerchief! I don't know before or after he blew in it, but nevertheless, his handkerchief! Right? I mean, his handkerchief! All they wanted... Just give me your handkerchief, Paul. Can I just borrow that, you know, stick it in the pocket and give it to a sick person? There you go. Isn't that incredible? I mean, do you think, by the way, Paul ever had any idea or anticipation that that's how incredibly impactful his life was going to be? Do you think on the road to Damascus, when Jesus first showed up to, in Paul's life and said, Paul, stop persecuting me. You're going to be my disciple. You're going to reach the, reach the Gentiles. I mean, do you suppose somewhere in the dialogue Jesus also said, and by the way, make sure you keep your handkerchiefs. Do you think Paul ever anticipated that he would be so indestructible that he would have that kind of impact. See, I know you're in this room this morning and you are not convinced of how incredible your life can be when you just completely and absolutely say, I am all about Christ. We put limits. We put boundaries. And to think that a guy like Paul, who was such a persecutor of the church, who was there holding clothes and coats when Stephen was being stoned and inspiring him on to throw more stones, the guy who dragged believers out to their destruction, this guy becomes such an incredible, indestructible, passionate, impact person for the cause of Christ that even his handkerchiefs can accomplish a miracle. If God can do this, how much can God do in the life of people who just give themselves completely to the cause of Christ? We, we can see another impact for Paul 
It says, uh, for three months, Paul went to the Jewish meeting places. He talked bravely to the people and God's kingdom. He tried to win people over. Some of them were stubborn. They refused to believe. Can't win them all. In front of everyone, they said terrible things about God's way. Paul left and took the followers with him to the lecture hall of Tyrannus. Now look at this one. He spoke there every day for two years. How often? Two years and every day. No day off. No day off from serving the kingdom. Every day, two years. Until every Jew and Gentile in Asia had heard the Lord's message. How incredible of an impact. Can you imagine? Look at the people in this room. That's just one guy. Paul, look at the number of people in this room. Look at the number of people that are coming to Christ Church. Can you imagine the impact our handkerchiefs can have? I mean, just our handkerchiefs. If we become indestructible and passionate, how could Paul do it? Ultimately, Paul did it because he had such an incredible belief in how big God was and how powerful God was. He just knew how big God was and how powerful God was. He says the eternal king will never die. He can't be seen. He is the only God. No questions. Give him honor and glory forever and ever. He is the eternal king. He is so big and he is so powerful. He could face everything he faced because he understood there is no one greater and more powerful than Jesus Christ. That if he could come back from the dead, he can restore anyone and accomplish anything in our lives. For Paul, it was simply to understand his purpose and to understand how big and how incredible God was. He said, my work is to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. That's why I'm suffering now. But I am not ashamed. I know the one I have faith in, and I am sure that he can guard until the last day what he has trusted me with. See, he was so confident in how incredible God is. I mean, the Hulk in that clip, I love that clip, because the Hulk's you know, big and green and powerful. And, and this guy has the audacity to say to the Hulk, bow down, you know, and worship me. And boom, 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 you know. And, and he walks away. Did you catch the words the Hulk said when he walked away? Yeah, he walks away and he says, puny God. <laughs> we don't have a puny God. We don't have a puny God. We know the God of the universe. And we know him personally. And he's in every moment. And he's in every word. And your future is absolutely, utterly secure. And no one can snatch you out of his hands. If you believe that, you're indestructible. You're indestructible. Because of not who you are, but who God is. Ultimately, uh, if you uh, get to the right place in this whole series, you're going to connect with this uh, picture right here. We've been talking about uh, superheroes of the first century, and uh, we can't miss and end the series without understanding who the real superheroes. One of our people uh, sent this to me a few weeks ago. I've been saving it here. Isn't that great? I mean, we look at these guys and think that they're really superheroes. You see, you're indestructible. If, if you receive Christ because he was indestructible 
no matter what they did to him, no matter how many nails they pounded into him, no matter how many times they beat him, no matter how many times they killed him, he rose again. And that makes us indestructible. And it ought to make us passionate because we know the God of the universe and our life is absolutely secure in him. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for everything you did in the incredible superhero of all the ages of ages, Jesus Christ. That he would win for us this new life that we can have. That he would win for us a future that is secure and indestructible. So Lord, we come to you today and we ask, overwhelm us with that same grace and mercy that you gave to Paul. Overwhelm us and give us that sense of being chosen by him and that all that we are is about the kingdom of heaven and use every moment in our lives that we can extend that kingdom into the lives of others. Give us such a passion. Give us such a passion that we can move forward confident that our life is secure and confident and thankful for the mercy and the grace we know. We put this before you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.